Well, I hope you've enjoyed our Freedom Series. Uh, I tell you, God has been opening up my eyes to a lot of things in this series, and it's just amazing how God's Word just comes alive, and it's so real, and it's so living, and it's so active, and, uh, and it speaks to, uh, to each of us. And as we've been going through this series, I, I tell you, I learn something new every week um, as I'm studying and as I'm, I'm seeking out the Scripture and, and the Holy Spirit's just speaking to me. It's just been really, really cool, and I hope He's doing the same. If you've missed any part of this series, you can go online and uh, check uh, most of them out. I think there's one of them that's not on there, but you can check most of them out on stsatlanta.org, and you can listen to those and, and kind of catch up. And I tell you, it's just been really, really fun. But let's do a little review as we do each week and try to catch ourselves back up. Um, the very first week we talked about Jesus plus something equals somebody legalism very good Jesus plus something equals legalism but Jesus plus nothing equals freedom very good all right all right you can be a little excited this morning I know it's 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 probably had a late night and that's good but I'm glad you're here no the second week we talked about that Jesus's death was starts with an s Special, that's cl- it was special, very good. So, sufficient, sufficient, very good. That, not suspicious, that would not be it. <laughs> sufficient, that, that nothing needs to be added to the death of Christ for us to do. Uh, the third week we talked about that we are co-what with Christ? Co-heirs with Christ, very good. Uh, we have freedoms as sons and daughters. And then last week we talked about having freedom to uh, grow in Christ. And does anybody remember the three things we, we can grow in? First one was trust, very good. Second one was, or first one was grace. That was, I gave you the second one. First one was grace. Second one was trust. Anybody remember what the third one starts with a P? Passion, very good. Passion, very good. I love it how some of you are, you're like, I want to answer, but I don't want to be out, you know, in front of everybody. Y'all are, it, it's, it's so sweet, but you got it, man. Passion, passion. And today we're going to look at Galatians chapter 5. And uh, today's uh, talk is going to be freedom to run, freedom to run. So I hope you have your note sheet in front of you. If you don't, there's one around you somewhere. Maybe you have your notes app open. But, uh, but we're going to be talking about freedom to run today. I don't know about you, but I remember the moment in my life where Jesus became real to me. And that salvation experience uh, was, was made real, that Jesus was my Lord and Savior. I made the decision uh, through the Holy Spirit prompting me um, to follow Jesus, just like, just like we just sang that, that Christ is enough. And I've decided to follow Jesus. The Holy Spirit was tugging on my heart when I was nine years old and my mom was tucking me into bed. And, and I'll never forget that moment of her leading me to the Lord and and as I was growing up, I remember being a part of a student ministry that was just loved being together, loved uh, worshiping together, loved playing together, loved just, just being together. And I, I really remember that, how awesome that was. And I remember going on retreats and camps and, and different things with my student ministry. And I remember just being really super close to the Lord. I remember those times in my life where me and Jesus were so close. It was like me and Jesus were like this. And, uh, and I remember those times where things were going well and I was having my quiet time and my prayer life was good. And, and I just remember just walking so close to Jesus. But also, I remember like I thought Jesus and I were like this, but 
turns out like I was down here in those moments, you know. It was those moments where I didn't feel as close to the Lord, those times where I, I, I felt like there was a gap between my conversation with the Lord. Like I would talk and I really wouldn't hear an answer. And, and maybe God was, was telling me an answer, but I had too much stuff in the way to hear. And there were too many voices screaming in my head to do this or do that. And, and uh, it, it's, it's almost like being sick. I, I, I don't know about you, but I hate being sick. I don't know anybody who goes, yeah, I love a good flu. I like a good stomach bug every once in a while, you know. That's, but have you ever been so sick? I've, I remember being so sick before. It's usually about the second or third day in where you're sick, and it's like you're so sick you don't remember what it's like to be well. Anybody else experience? Like you don't remember? It's like you've been so sick, it's like, I just don't even remember what it's like to feel good. And, and, and I hate those times. I mean, whether it's the flu or the stomach bug, it's it, more than a few days, it's like we forget about what it's like to be well. And, and we've all had feelings like that, uh, you know, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and here spiritually where we've been doing good. We've been walking with Jesus. Things are, we, we've not just been walking with Jesus, we've been running with him. And we're, we're, we're so close when he whispers, we know exactly where he wants us to go. And the Holy Spirit prompts us not to sin. And he guides us in those way of holy in that way of holiness and and we answer and we listen but there are times where we don't and there are times where we fall away and we get thrown off and I call this uh, the roller coaster effect it's like we we get in those times where we go up the hill and we're walking with Jesus and we get to the top of the hill and we look around and things are good. We look around and we can see everything and we can see what's going on and things are just like, you know, at the top of a roller coaster, you know, the, the mind bender or, you know, the, uh, I'm trying to think of another one. What's another one? Goliath. You know, I've never ridden Goliath. I know that's a shame. I know, I know. Really, I need to go back. But I have ridden the super, Superman. So you go up to the top. We'll use that because I have been on that. Goliath, I hear, is amazing. I just haven't done it yet. Maybe we can do that sometime. Let's do that sometime. And so, so we'll get to the top of Superman. And we get to the top and you're like, oh, I can see everything. And then you have that guy in the back. I can see my house from here. You know, and you're like, shut up. No, you can't. And so anyway, you get to the top and you get everything so good. But it seems like you hit that moment where things just go downhill and then you go to the bottom and you're like, oh, this is, for some of us, this isn't fun anymore. And we're like, I just want to get off this ride because it's not fun. And then we go back up. And we're like, oh, man, this is great. And then as we go down, it's just like, oh, it's no good. But that's how our spiritual lives are some, sometimes. Where we, we're at the top, we're walking good with Jesus, things are going well, and it's not the stuff that we do, it's just we're, we're just holding his hand and just living life, and things seem to be going well, but then something happens and we just start going downhill. And then we go up again and we go downhill. And, it, and normally what that happens, it's usually in student ministries, it happens from camps and retreats and different events. It's like we'll have an awaken and then we'll go down and then we'll go to VBS and then we'll go down and then we'll go to youth camp and then we'll go down. And then it's like these high moments, we'll go to retreat and then we'll go down. And, and it's like this motion of insufficiency because that's not how it's supposed to be. And I think too many times we get stuck in this rut and we say to ourselves, yeah, this is normal. And to be perfectly honest, it is normal. It's normal because, listen, we're human and we mess up 
and we make mistakes and our, we, we get our eyes off focus. It's like so many times we just need to, you, you ever seen a horse-drawn carriage and that horse has the blinders on? And so many times if we could just put these blinders on and we wouldn't have to look to the left, it would stop us from looking to the left and to the right. We can just stay focused on where we need to go. I think if we had those spiritually, which we really do in the Holy Spirit, but if we really listened to those and we wouldn't rip them off our faces, things would change. But unfortunately, we have this thing called skin and a will of our own, of selfishness. And too many times that gets in the way. But today I want to show you that we're not alone in that. The church of Galatia was in the exact same moment and they were having the exact same things going on as we, and we've seen this through the past few weeks. And as we get to this chapter five, we come to the crux of the chapter, and we, or excuse me, the crux of the book and we see Paul telling the church of Galatia something that's huge that can be paralleled in our life that all of us have experienced. And today I hope I wanna give you some keys to to unlock that door of freedom that we don't have to keep going in this roller coaster effect. So if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn, if you haven't already, to Galatians chapter 5. And we're going to kind of hit some key verses in this. I'm going to pray and we're going to dive in. And I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit just to continue to meet with us today. So let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you for each and every student that's here this morning. I thank you for each and every adult that's here this morning. God, it's no accident that you have us in this room. So Father, I pray because we're here that you would speak to us. It wouldn't be my words, but Jesus, it would be your words, that you would penetrate our hearts, not out of conviction, not out of being trying to make anyone feel bad, but God, that you want us to walk with you. And God, the enemy right now, I know, wants to do nothing over the next few moments but pour doubt and and guilt on my friends. And God, I pray that you would not allow him to do that. God, but what I do pray is that the Holy Spirit would speak to us on matters of our lives that need to be changed. Not out of legalism, not out of anything to gain favor from you, Lord, but only holiness. Because Jesus You did everything on the cross, and we don't need to add anything to it. It was sufficient. So, Lord, speak to us as we we dive into your word, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Someone said? Amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 1. It is for slavery that Christ has put you in bondage. Is that what it says? No. No, no. It is for what? Freedom that Christ has set you or set us free. So let's try that again. So now we all know what it really says. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Let's, let's jump down to verse 7. You were running a good race. Who cut, in, who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion will pay the penalty, whoever he may be. Brothers, if I'm still preaching circumcision, then why am I still being persecuted? In the case of offense of the cross has been abolished. 
For those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Pretty harsh language. Verse 13. You, my brothers, we called to be in slavery. Is that what Paul says? No. He says, you, my brothers, were called to be what? Free. All right, let's try that again. Called to be what? Free. free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So as we look at this, Paul says some amazing things, and as we're looking at this in the Greek, as we're trying to tear these scriptures apart, I want you to check out some things that I've seen in, in chapter, or chapter 5, verse 1. He says, for freedom uh, that Christ has set us free. That freedom, if you're taking notes, that freedom is liberation, not to be burdened by the fact of sin anymore. You, you are not in slaver, slavery anymore. You are liberated through Christ. There's a celebration in that liberation that the slavery is no longer about. You have no chains on your wrists or ankles. You are not dragging around this burden of sin anymore. And that's what he's trying to tell the church of Galatia. He says, he's effectively telling this church, look, no, you can't do it on your own because he says, stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He's, he's telling them, you can't do this on your own church, but Jesus did it on the cross. Anything you try to do on your own church will come up short. That's why you keep being burdened again by a yoke of slavery. This yoke was what farm animals would wear to be controlled by the master of the farm. And he uses this. He uses this parallel and uses a sports analogy here in a second. But he tells the people, he's speaking in ways that they could understand. Don't be burdened again. Don't put this, this 75 to 150 pound block of wood on you on one side side and then sin on the other and where that sin goes you get led by he said you don't have that anymore church that yoke is gone don't put it back on yourselves because Jesus took it off and what the church was doing figuratively is saying no no I want this on my neck I want to put this on my neck and what on the other side is sin and so when sin goes to the right I will go to the right and when sin goes to the left I will go to the left and I will go wherever and follow this sin and that's what Paul's talking about he says don't let yourselves and he's telling this church passionately remember as he talked to them uh, last week he talked to them as children he talked to them as brothers he was concerned with tears with weeping, with concerns on his heart. He says, do not be burdened again by the yoke of slavery, church. And then we jump down to verse 7. He says, you were running a good race. Everybody knew that that was one of the main sports of the time, running. And again, we talked about running as one of the popular themes, popular sporting things in, uh, sporting events in Scripture. And as many of you know, I hate running. I think it's ridiculous, but I do understand it. I've watched enough of the Olympics to see what goes on, and I've been to enough of your track meets to kind of get what happens. He says, he says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you and in kept and kept you from obeying the truth and he goes on and explains that the, uh, he goes on to explain that they got off focus 
He says that kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. What's happening is that false teachers are coming in, people that are telling them what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. And these false teachers, whether it be a, a teacher or it be, it, it's someone that they know is telling them uh, something that's going to make them comfortable in the gospel. And he says, You're, you were doing a good job, but what, who cut in on you? Who, who did you start listening to, church? This is not good. He says, don't you understand that a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough? He says, don't you understand that just a little bit of yeast makes the whole batch rise? You can tell a loaf of bread if it, if it has yeast in it because it's, it's, it rises. It's risen. And he says, I, I can see that. That a little yeast has made its way in there and it's, expo it's expanding. He says, I'm a confident, I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view he says i know you know these things remember for the past four uh, parts of my letter the chapters that we've read so far he says i've tried to tell you you knew what's going on you have been there you know that experience of salvation and you're you've been to the mountaintop but right now galatia you're kind of going downhill and for some of you you're at the bottom and he says these people who lead these folks astray will be punished in due time, in due time. I mean, he's using some, some harsh language here. And then we pick up in verse 13. He says, you, my brothers, were called to be free. He says, but don't, don't use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. He says, you are called to be free, church. Remember that yoke that I just told you about? You don't have to keep putting it on your shoulders. You don't have to be, keep, keep connected with sin. You are free. But don't use that freedom of salvation to keep going back to it. That's called taking advantage of God's grace, called taking advantage of God's freedom. And how do you not take advantage? He says you need to serve one another. It says the entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. And we hear this and we say, whoa, 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 Paul, remember, you, you know the words of Jesus. Not only have you seen Jesus, you might, weren't, you might not have been there when Jesus said that the two uh, most important commandments are love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength to love your neighbor as yourself. Paul, you kind of forgot one. Well, that's not what Paul is saying. He's, he's assuming that if you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, he's telling the church that you will want to serve. It's, it's out of a heart of love that you serve one another and not, not just serve them. You do it in humility. You do it in love. And then he throws this one more time. He says, I've talked about the people who are throwing you off, but there are some of you, church, there are some of you who keep on biting and devouring one another, each other. Or watch out or you will be destroyed. He's saying this devouring is like a bear coming up on its prey and not just, not just taking a bite out of it, but ripping it apart taking that first bite and devouring its prey. And what Paul is talking about is talking about gossip here. He's talking about talking behind each other's back as a church. 
that there were people who were saying bad things and saying negative things and even talking about the people who were doing good and then trying to, uh, in, their, in their own selfishness and in their own insecurities, were talking behind these people's back uh, to try to make themselves feel better about where they were and they would go, can you believe what so-and-so was doing? I can't believe it. And so there was no unity. And Paul says, that kind of stuff will not be tolerated He says that gossiping, that backbiting will not be tolerated. And as I look at this, I I, I look at this scripture, I see two things that will cause you to lose focus on the freedom that God has given you. I see two things that will, will, will make us lose focus on the things that God has called you, especially towards freedom. Number one, if you're taking notes, number one, it's very simple. The number one thing that will cause you to lose focus is your sin. The number one thing that will cause you to lose focus in that freedom is sin. Paul says in verse 1, he says, For freedom, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. This is the second time we've kind of seen this in Scripture. As Jesus mentions this yoke in Matthew chapter 11. He says, take my yoke upon you because it's easy and my burden is light. And he uses that illustration to tell you that, that you don't have to be burdened again by this, but by this sin that's causing you to go to the right and go to the left and go wherever you, it tells you to go. You have mastery over that sin, but it's not you, it's Jesus in you. But what you have to do is you have to submit to the authority of Christ and say, God, you have it all. You have all of me. I give all of myself to you, and I don't want to fall back in to that yoke of slavery. Look at verse 15. He says, if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed. Gossip is one of those things that can, that can come in and start tearing people down because it, it rips people apart. The number one thing that the enemy wants to do in your life, look at me for a second. The number one thing that the enemy wants to do in your life is to divide you from anything that has anything to do with Jesus. He wants to divide you from your friendships. He wants to divide you from your family. He wants to divide you from from your church. He wants to divide you from your student ministry. He wants to do and use anything he can to drive a wedge in between you. And Paul says that it's your sin that causes you to lose focus. He says, don't let yourselves be burdened again. You were liberated. Stop putting the yoke of slavery on on your back and rip it off and allow Jesus to put his yoke on your shoulders because it's easy and light. We talked about a couple of weeks ago when we start following Jesus, when you start doing what Jesus wants you to do, yes, it is going to be hard. There are good days and there are bad days. And I say, when I say bad days, I, I, don't, I, I need to change that word to tough days. Because Jesus was, when we start following Jesus, Jesus was persecuted. He was made fun of. He was talked about behind his back. He was plotted against to death. There are going to be tough days. But what Jesus offer us, what does God offer us through Jesus to be joint heirs with him, co-heirs with Christ? That is amazing. And so he says, 
the number one thing that will cause you to lose your focus is sin, is sin. And then he says number two, number two, he's, it's, 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 it's really interesting. He says the people you hang out with, the people you hang out with, number two, the, the people you hang out with. So let me, let, me, let me throw some things at you real quick. Maybe some things you don't want to hear, okay? You have a teacher calls you in and says, Ryan, sit down. I've got something to tell you. I know you've been working hard. I know you've been trying to do your best, but you failed that test. I heard a lot of that growing up. Like I heard, I had, the, I had a lot of those conversations growing up with my teachers. It really stank. Maybe another thing, maybe you, you, you got your hopes up on a new car and you, you take it to the mechanic and you, you say, okay, check, the, check it out. I love this car. I'm going to get it for cheap. And you take it to the mechanic, and the mechanic looks at it, opens the hood, and he notices that one of the spark plugs is misfiring. And then he notices that he looks under the, uh, under the car, and there's a big puddle of oil. And he looks at the back, and he sees this big old dent that's in the gas tank, and it's your leaking gas. He's wondering, how in the world did you make it here? And you're going, I love this car. I love it. it? And he says, no, it's not. You don't, need to drive, you don't need to drive it. Or maybe you're having surgery, and the, surgery, the surgeon's in the middle of a surgery, and one thing you don't ever want to hear a surgeon go, oops. Like, you don't ever want to hear a surgeon say, oops. Like, that's a big deal. When I think about, uh, when I think about a chef, I think about someone who cooks. I never want to hear a chef say, oh, I can't remember if I washed my hands or not. Like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't, you don't want to do that. But then I look at this, and I think I, I use those analogies to point you to something that I never, ever, 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 ever want to hear in my spiritual life. I don't ever want you to hear in your spiritual life. I don't want you to ever hear these words come out of anybody's mouth, especially the Holy Spirit. Because this, this is one of those sentences that I think is one of the most harsh comments one of the most harsh verses in scripture and paul says this to the church of galatia listen what he says in verse seven he says you were running a good race who cut in on you and stopped you from obeying the truth i tell you friend i don't ever want to hear those that verse come out of anyone's mouth to me I don't want anyone to look at me in the eyes and say, I love you so much, but what happened? I love you enough to come to you and tell you that, that, that I, I want you to stop being burdened by that sin or that struggle, but what happened? And I think it's, I think it's interesting that he doesn't say what cut in on you. He says who cut in on you. Because Paul knows that the voices that you have coming at you are powerful. He knows that the friends that come at you and say, hey, come do this, or hey, come stay away from that, you need to be with me, or you, you, you come and do this thing with me, and then everything will be all good, and we'll have a blast, and who cares if it's good, or if it's sin, or if it's bad, who cares, we're going to do it anyway. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, bad company corrupts good character. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. 
When I think about that scripture, I can honestly say this. Bad company corrupts good character 100% of the time. There has not been a time where I've ever seen a student hang out with someone that they know they shouldn't hang out with and them not get pulled down. 100% of the time. And it's not one of those things where you go into this relationship going, man, I'm going to stay strong and they're not going to do anything to break me down. And maybe it is. But you might get in that, that, that relationship, that friendship, and go, man, I'm going to, I'm going to compromise a little bit. And almost, maybe, maybe I can do a little of this and it'll be okay and I won't get in that much trouble. It won't be that bad. And unfortunately, unfortunately, that bad company tears down good character. I've seen student after student who've been walking with Jesus so good and then get in some relationships that they should not, whether it be a boyfriend or a girlfriend, a group of friends at school, uh, some, type of, some type of online group, and, the, and they get pulled away. And Paul says, I want to warn you about these things. And say, your sin and the people that you hang out with will drag you down. And don't let it. Don't let it. So what do I, what do I see that will help us? We've seen some things. We saw two things that will help us lose focus. But what will help us stay focused and stop this roller coaster? Now, is it inevitable? Probably. It's probably going to happen. But what is something that we can do? What are a couple of things that we can do to stay on course? What are a few things that we can do to keep walking with Jesus? And I see it in verse 13 and 14. Turn to verse 13 and 14. Number one, strive to live for Jesus daily. And you go, Ryan, I've heard that since I was a preschooler. You know, walk with Jesus, have your quiet time, talk to the Lord, pray, tell your friends. But here's the deal. That's one of those things you have to wake up in the morning and go, that first breath, I'm going to live it for Jesus. And the very first thought is Jesus. You know what I love in the mornings when I wake up and God puts a song of praise in my heart? Have you ever had that? Have you ever woke up in the morning and maybe sometimes it's on Monday morning because we've, we've, we've sang these songs on Sunday and we wake up and we go, Christ is enough for me. And we go, man, thank you, Lord, for putting that song in my heart. And we go, man, Lord, let me just, let me live that out today. Let me let Christ be enough for me. And maybe that's you. But when I look at this, it, to stop doing this roller coaster, we have to wake up in that first moment of the day, not just going, man, I'm so hungry, or man, I'm so thirsty, or man, I've got a test today, or man, that project's due today. Not that. We wake up and go, I'm going to live this day for Christ, whatever it takes. And so then I see number two. Number two, how do we keep this roller coaster Staying at the top in our relationship with Christ. Number two, live for others daily. Jesus, or Paul says this, serve one another in love. Serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. I dare you this week to live for others. And I know some of you say, well, I don't have school. It'll be easy for me not to live for others. But live for your parents. Help your parents out. Serve your parents this week wake up in the morning and take the trash out do the dishes 
Do, some, do something for your mom. Clean out the litter box. That is the grossest thing. I get it. But serve your parents. That little things like that, man. Love on your parents. Go, and go up to your mom and give her a kiss on the cheek. Go up to your dad and just hold his hand. You say, I have a struggling relationship with them. Listen, that would be so weird. But here's the deal. Paul didn't say to the church, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be really weird if you do this. He says, do it anyway. He says, serve because here's why you serve, because Christ is in you. And the overflow of your heart is love. And that's what I want for you guys. That's what I want. Imagine, imagine with me if we as a student ministry would get behind what Paul says and stop following, stop talking uh, or following the, the sin that's in our lives and put Jesus' yoke on our shoulders. Stop talking behind each other's back and start talking Jesus up. What if we did these things? What if we, what if we never had to even worry about someone coming to us? in love going, you were running a good race. What happened? Man, I want to be walking so close with Jesus that it never happens. And even if I slip up, I go, you know what? That was me. That was my bad. I own it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to follow Christ. Imagine what it would look like. This place would be packed out with teenagers. And it's not because of numbers. (laughs) It's because your friends will want what you have. Because remember last week we talked about joy? Because that joy will just exude out of you for Christ. And that's what I want for you. That's what our team wants for you. Because there's so much freedom in Jesus. And we have freedom to run, run wild and run free for him. Let's pray. God, I love you, and I thank you for these teenagers. I thank you for your word, how it speaks to us, how it speaks to me. And God, I pray that we will just run hard after you, God. You're the only one worth running to. You're the only one worth running with. And Father, I pray that we would just, we would live for you this week. Father, I thank you for my friends. I pray that you would uh, I pray that you would bring them back to the house tonight. We might hang out and just goof off and be together. And in that, we might, we might just go, you know what, this is good. This is good. So Lord, I love you. I thank you, and it's in Jesus' name. Amen.